What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. With the start of the NBA season in full swing, we invite you to come and hashtag PropOp on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, in the NBA, you choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has thousands more guaranteed for the NBA this season. Use promo code JIMMY, that's J-I-M-M-Y, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag PropOp today. What's up everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera and welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Okay, let's do our weekly heat review. The Miami Heat went 2-2 two and two in the week with losses against the Clippers and the Warriors and wins against the Kings and the Lakers. They lost their first two games of the week and then they won their last two games of the week. So far, we're 500 on the seven-game road trip that we were all, they were all dreading heading into, heading into the week. And we have a chance to finish above 500 this coming week when we finish the road trip against the Thunder. Later, all of our games will be at home, so we, which will give us a chance to regroup and give the guys some rest from all the travel. Anyway, let's get into the first game of the week, Heat Clippers. A pretty bad loss, both. first The first two games were really bad losses. There were games that felt winnable at, at any given time of the, of the game. And yeah, we're going to discuss those right now. Let's start with the Heat and the Clippers. No PG, Kawhi, or Patrick Beverly for the Clippers in that game. In that game, so it was a the Heat had an ample chance, ample chances to win that game, and actually they thought they would win that game. So anyway, to start the first quarter, Bam blocked a Terrence Mann shot. It was an excellent rotation from him. Bam played some really good defense this week, particularly culminating with a with an elite effort against LeBron James in the final game against the Lakers. Bam, Bam and Robinson are, were attacking Lou Williams off the dribble, off, off the ball, excuse me, with their patented handoffs. For the Clippers, 
the and attacking them on defense was pretty easy. At least in that first quarter, you attacked Lou Williams. Lou Williams is a, a an absolute negative on defense at this point of his career. And it was a pretty back and forth first quarter. Lou Williams started to get to the basket too easily on pick and rolls. He was splitting splitting the double teams, finding the open man, getting to the rim and making some tough shots as Lou Williams has done. Kelly Olenek, terrible in the first quarter. He could not make baskets. He His defense was on brand, which is usually terrible. And the Clippers were, were doing a pretty good job of drawing Bam out of the paint and leaving Iguodala to guard Subach. And the Clippers, they don't exactly have a guy that can score a lot of the rim except for Subot. So it was a good strategy to draw the biggest the best defend the best heat defender on the perimeter and leave a really small guy on Bika Subac to guard him and you know it worked out pretty well for them throughout the entire game. The first quarter ended with Miami ahead 35 to 33. Now in the second quarter this is where problems started started to come up. Miami clearly lacks a point of attack defender in the backcourt with Avery Bradley's absence. Williams was getting anything he wanted. Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and Duncan Robinson are not the answer, and neither is Goran Dragic whenever he comes back. Amir Coffey was the latest RHK, random heat killer. We should start awarding those every week. And... He started making bombs left and right. Jimmy came back because the off had to come back because the offense was started was starting to get in trouble, and his defense also helped the the team salvage a bit of those second quarter minutes. Mo Harkless played in this game, which is curious considering he was a Clipper last year, and you know Mo Harkless he. He, he has barely played the season, and whenever he does, he just looks, he's looked lost. He doesn't contribute a lot on offense. His defense is fine. He makes a lot of mistakes. Precious, I mentioned last week that Precious has been going through a bit of a rough patch this month, but he shows some great energy on the steal and dunk. He scored back-to-back baskets. He actually scored on a fallaway jump shot, so it's good to see Precious' game keep developing. He looked more confident this week, and he had a particularly strong effort against the Warriors, which we're, we're going to talk about a bit later. Marcus Morris was killing us. He had a really good game, 32 points. Um, an interesting report came out from Five Recent Sports that the Heat thought they had a deal with Marcus Morris this offseason, but he opted to return back to the Clippers. I, mean, I guess four years and $64 million will do that for you. And I don't think Miami wanted to have that type of financial commitment on him. Miami bailed LA out with back-to-back fouls on, on possessions that were going that were coming down to the final ten seconds of the shot clock, and the Heat were just randomly bailed them out, and that was that was really bad. My Jimmy finished up the quarter with an excellent three-point play, and but the. Clippers end the half up 62 to excuse me up ahead 67 to 62. The third quarter, well, Marcus Morris kept on torching us. Lou Will threw a beautiful behind the back pass to Reggie Jackson for a breakaway dunk. I think it was one of the one of the best plays I've seen all year. But Miami went on a seven to nothing scoring run in order to bring the game a bit closer. 
Bam was more aggressive getting to the basket since Serge Ibaka did not play a lot in this game. So I, I feel like Bam felt more, it was more appropriate for him to drive towards the basket. Again, that first game against the Clippers in Miami, which we also lost, Bam was really passive and he couldn't get to the basket due to being guarded pretty well by Serge Ibaka. And he fell a bit in love with his jump shot in that game. So it was good to see Bam being aggressive and getting to the basket. Jimmy, Tyler, and Bam were carrying the load on the offense and on the offensive end. But the Heat defense was not up to par. In fact, the Clippers shot 55% from the floor in that game. And that was, that was a really bad defensive game by the Miami Heat. Which is curious considering that their defense has come has come along the past few weeks and now we're one of the 10 best defensive teams in the league. Bam went out and the offense cooled down a bit, which was curious because Jimmy was in the game, but the offense went out. When Bam went out, the offense started to cool down. Spo opted to play Achua and Harkless together and it wasn't didn't exactly go great against Zubac and Ibaka. So the Clippers still were ahead 92-91. It was a much better quarter for Miami. But still, the Clippers were still ahead. They they had a that Clipper offense was was it's really something. Miami actually outscored the Clippers by four in that quarter, twenty nine to twenty five. But it was still not enough because in that fourth quarter, that he could not get stops. And let's get into that fourth quarter. Tyler was feeling it that night. Tyler has looked very confident coming off the coming off the bench, and he has been playing very well. And that's a huge win for his development and for us as a team. The Clippers were looking to deploy a, a strategy, deploying a strategy to switch Zubac off the ball, which I, as I mentioned before, and it was working every time. Here's an interesting stat from the broadcast: Miami was shooting seven for thirty-one from three up to that point, and it was and it showed in the box score. Hero got stuck in no man's land after there was a possession where Zubac got double teamed, and Luke Kennard made him pay with a cut to the basket. Luke Kennard actually played really well. Most of the Clippers played really well on offense against the Heat, but Miami cannot get a stop in the half court. They got their stop, but Iguodala ended up shooting a three, and whenever Iguodala ends up shooting a three, that's a win for the defense. And the Clippers prevailed 125 to 118. Miami shot 50% from the field, which would be usually would be good if their defense was up to par, but it was not that night. And the Clippers shot 55%. 8 for 36 from three-point three land for Miami. The Clippers nearly doubled those makes on four fewer attempts. That's a recipe for disaster. But I guess if we could take away two positives from this game, it's the fact that we only had eight turnovers and that both teams had the same amount of rebounds. So it's good to see the Miami Heat not get out-rebounded so, so much every, every game. We're still one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Probably the, I think we're the worst rebounding team in the league. But you know, it's encouraging to see that other teams are not massively out rebounding us in the game. Now let's move on to the second game of the week, which again was another loss. Almost every game was on national TV this week, except for the Kings game. So I think it was a good, it was a good opportunity to showcase our who the Miami Heat are this season to a national audience. And well, we did not show a lot in those first two games. 
for the Heat and Warriors game, Draymond Green was out. And the Heat started off very well. That first quarter was gorgeous for the, for the Miami Heat. Robinson's off-the-ball movement was spectacular. He was cutting. He got open shots. However, there was a concerning trend. Stephen Curry was getting open a lot, but he just couldn't make them get them to fall, which makes it hard to stomach that we lost this game. Jimmy made a three in the first quarter. Kendrick was was on one that night, and the offense was humming. The defense was playing pretty well. They were protecting the rim. They were collapsing on Stephen Curry every time he got the ball. The problem was when he was off the ball that he got open shots, especially in the corners, which he's such a great shooter. But the other guys were making their three-point shots, and that spelled trouble because Miami Spo was probably betting that the other guys would not respond as they haven't all season long. But tonight, that night, they decided to to make their threes, and well, Miami went ahead thirty-six to twenty-four in that first quarter. And the off-the-ball movement, again, was outstanding by everybody. I mentioned Duncan earlier, but the off-the-ball movement by everybody on the team was outstanding. And Bam was doing a really good job of fighting those cutters. But a concerning trend and, and something to that would come back to bite us later in the game. Hero kept, attack, kept getting attacked off the dribble by, Pascal's, by Eric Pascal, Bazemore, and Andrew Wiggins. Kendrick was outstanding. In that. He's finally coming along. After, you know, his battle, with, his battle with COVID, that was really encouraging to see. I, I'm really happy to see Kendrick balling which, because it helps us massively. Miami what still was playing with fire, no pun intended, by letting Steph get open and he kept missing them. Miami, Kendrick was shooting it very well and the Heat went to the half, into the half with a 15-point lead, 61-46 to 46, in favor of Miami. Now from the third quarter on, that's when the problem started. The Warriors adjusted. And Bam was actually pretty passive for a, for, for a couple of possessions because... And I found that to be problematic because Draymond was out. But the Warriors are a, very, are a pretty good defensive team. They're well coached. Bam was doing a pretty good job sticking with Steph on the perimeter, but he fouled them. And Curry did not shoot well in that game. But the other guys started to step up, which I did not like because... You know, you want the you think that you would think that keying in on Steph is the recipe for a win against this Warriors team. And Steph was doing a pretty good job of finding his other guys. He had eleven assists in the game. And well, the third quarter quarter was on, ladies and gentlemen. We could not score, we could not defend. Every everybody was getting offensive rebounds. And precious you know, positive from the third quarter. Precious played really well. He had 10 points by the third quarter. Kelly blew a layup, which, you know, I guess if you've been listening to the show, you know that we don't we don't like Kelly Olenek around here. And yeah, Precious was really good in that quarter. Miami still had a 10-point lead heading into the fourth, 86-76. But then the fourth quarter was where everything fell apart. The Warriors got to the rim very easily. They Miami's plan of double team Steph was working against them, but they but the other guys started to make more more threes. And Eric Pasco in particular was get had a really strong quarter. He got to the paint at will. The lead went down three at one quarter. At one point, we could not defend the rim. And in the final the final possession, 
Kendrick put up a floater, it was a bit of a discombobulated possession, and we went to overtime. Now in overtime, we had an interesting lineup on the floor. We had Bam, Jimmy, Duncan, Hero, and Nunn. So the rebounding was a huge issue, no surprise there. But the offense should have been better with that lineup on the floor, and it wasn't. Kendrick was getting cooked every time he went one-on-one against Steph. And Steph made a dagger 3.0 over Kendrick when he was put one-on-one against him. You know, the Warriors did a pretty good job of putting Steph on isolation against Miami's backcourt defenders since they knew that we could that Miami's backcourt defenders were not good. So and so Steph cooked them every time he went one on one. However the issue was when he was double teamed, that's when the Warriors offense stumbled a bit. But you know, Steve Kerr's a great coach, he put Steph in those situation in good situations for him to to put it to put his team ahead. Jimmy Bam and Robinson made the entire made up the entire offense in overtime. Hero and Nunn did didn't play well in overtime. Rebounding was a huge issue. Warriors were getting a lot of offensive rebounds in that in that overtime. And in the end, the Warriors won 120 to 112. Both team both teams shot 45% from the field. 13 threes for Miami compared to Golden State's 18. However, Golden State attempted attempted 16 more three-pointers. And the turnovers were basically equal at 15 and 16. Now this was easily Miami's worst loss of the week. I was glad that they turned a corner after this game because they won they won a two-game winning streak and looking to extend it to three on Monday. But uh, I really this loss was really really bad because we the other team did not have their second best player. Stephen Curry was off all night long. The def- the defensive strategy was working against him. And yet, other areas of the... We got... We simply got outplayed on other areas of the game. Eric Pasco played really well. And, you know, it's really interesting to see because I thought... One would think after watching the game that the, the Warriors outscored Miami heavily in the paint. But no, the Heat scored 56 points in the paint to Golden State's 42. So, you know, you, you cannot... You, you cannot point the the paint defense as a main culprit. Well, in particular situations, you can. But I think what it came down to was a lot of fouling by the Miami. Like game execution. You cannot let... You can you need to do everything in your power to not let Stephen Curry go one-on-one, especially against such weak point-of-attack defenders that we have in Nunn, Hero, and Robinson. So that was what did us in. And, you know... Miami out-rebounded Golden State, again, did not get out-rebounded this week, which is a huge positive. So anyway, let's go into a break, and after the break, I'm going to discuss the the two wins, the Heat-Kings game and the Heat-Lakers game. I'm going to award the Heat player of the week, and we're, I'm going to discuss what I liked and what I did not like this week. So stick around for more 305 Culture Talk. Hey Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. 
Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And we're back. Okay, let's, let's just discuss the Heat-Kings game. Really good win. Really good offensive game. You know, I expected it to be a good offensive game for the Heat since, you know, the Kings are the worst defense in the league. And that is not hyperbole. That's a fact. The Kings currently rank dead last in defensive rating. They allow over 109. Their defense, they have a defensive rating of 119. So, you know, basically almost the same amount of points that the Heat scored in that game. Anyway, good start for the offense. Kendrick and Duncan were making wide-open threes. Kelly, they got a hot start. Bayalitsa, who you know, there was a report that that the Heat were interested in him. Well, he was making a strong case to be traded for. Looks like he wanna he wants to put on that Heat jersey. Jimmy was finding cutters. Kelly, you know, as much as I slander Kelly, Kelly's a really he's whenever he's not. You know, whenever he's on, he's a good cutter. And, and when he makes threes and he's cutting like that, he can be a really, really valuable offensive piece. However, the Heat defense was also really well. That first played really well, excuse me, in that first quarter. And the off-the-ball movement, superb by Kendrick. And the Heat closed the quarter with a 31-21 lead. Duncan was making was making threes off screens left and right. The Kings were not defending the Bam Duncan dribble handoffs very well. So, you know, if you don't want if you're not gonna defend those handoffs, that's a lot of our offense, then you are probably gonna lose, which is what happened to the Kings. Rebounding became an issue whenever Bam went off the floor. Marvin Bagley was grabbing re- was grabbing a lot of offensive rebounds. And Precious and Kelly are not great at protecting the rim nor rebounding. Precious is a bit, it's a solid rebounder, but not, but not against Marvin Bagley in that game. Bialitsa was playing so well. He might got he. I joked that he might get himself traded in the middle of the game, and the Kings came alive in on offense in that quarter. Sacramento kit their offense was mostly off of offensive rebounds. Bam slammed it over. Son Whiteside, that must have felt must have felt really good. He let him know about it. It was a huge slam for Bam and Abayo. Tyler Hero was look looking has been looking so much more comfortable coming off the bench and playing off Jimmy, and I think that's so huge for us because as he, when he started the the year the year when he was the starting point guard, he looked lost, he looked hesitant, and his shooting was not there. And the shooting has slowly come back. Iggy's hands still golden, though that man has, I think probably some of the best hands I've ever seen a player have. He can jump passing lanes. He deflects ball. He, he can deflect the ball and and put the offense in trouble, the opposing offense in trouble with that. And you know he is a very valuable piece on defense, even at his age thirty six season. His age thirty six season. He is still an, a dependable defensive player. His offense is a bit 
or in question, he can pass the ball, but he, his shooting is not that great. Miami entered the half with a 57-43 to lead. I was a bit nervous because, you know, in the previous game, they blew it, but the Warriors are a better team, are a better team than the Kings. In the third quarter, something that I noticed that they did all game long, Miami was doing a very good job running Buddy Heald off the line, and the, and the Heat opened up, opened, blew the game wide open, and they held their biggest lead of the game. They led by 19 at one point. Bayalitza was killing Kelly off the dribble, and I mean killing him. Kelly, you know, he has well-documented defensive issues, so, you know. Duncan, I've, I've noticed this from Duncan. He, he's noticing, you know, as he keeps growing, he's noticing that the defense are, defense are selling out to stop him from shooting the three. So what he does is, instead of stopping there, he slips. And the defense, since they're selling out, it's too hard for them to recover. Which opens up the offense because if Bam's there, he'll find him. And if a defender comes up to contest Duncan's layup, Duncan has done a really good job of finding a cutter whenever he's there. So, good job by Duncan. Becoming much more than a shooter, he's also become a really good cutter. Bam did not exactly lit the world on fire in the, in the third quarter, but his defense and his passing were making up for his lack of scoring in that quarter. Miami had 22 assists so far in, in one point in the third quarter, and Kelly was scoring very well. But the Kings were coming alive from three. Buddy Hill, as I, I mentioned, that he, they were running him off the, the three-point line. Well, Buddy Hill made made a three, and you know the Kings' offense was looking was looking quite all right. But the Heat, they stayed in control. They basically stayed in control of the entire game, and they entered the fourth quarter with an 89 to 79 lead. Now in the fourth quarter. You know, Bam must have gotten so many screen assists in that game. Every He was helping everybody. Kendrick, Tyler, and Duncan, they were all benefited from Bam's screen, screening game. And Duncan in particular was on fire. 11 threes for Miami at one point in the fourth quarter, and the game was still not done. The Kings, you know, you might say, oh, the Heat a lot of 110 points. Well, the Kings got a lot of garbage time buckets. So because the Miami, the, the Heat offense started to let up they they were ahead by so much that by the two minute mark they started to let up and you know we still won 118 to 110 big advantage for miami assists they have 36 assists to finish the game to 29 compared to the kings 14 turnovers still we need to fix the turnover issue but you know 51 percent from the field for miami really good offensive game by them and the next game against the Lakers. Now I'm sure that all since the the team they already they had that game circled in their calendar when when the schedule came out. And you know, I don't blame them. There this is a team that beat them in the finals. You know, you always want payback for that. Jimmy mentioned, you know, up to leading up to the game, Jimmy was was very candid about how how stingy that loss was because you know, he mentioned something that you get so close to something and then you cannot something then you cannot you know you don't you don't get it that hurts and you know it hurt us fans too because we were basically shorthanded and by the way what what the heck is up with espn heat hold off depleted lakers where was that headline whenever we were playing the finals yeah sure the the lakers are missing schroeder and davis 
but in the in the finals, I don't I don't remember those those type of headlines, you know. But whatever, the national media, they ever since LeBron left, you know, they haven't been that kind to the Miami Heat. The first quarter, Bam started started off guarding LeBron to to was guarding LeBron to start the game. Interesting stat I found on Twitter. I believe it was Brady Hawk who from Vibration Sports who tweeted it tweeted it out. LeBron shot two for eight whenever he was guarded by Bam. And LeBron became pretty passive throughout was pretty passive throughout the entire game. Because whenever whenever since Bam started guarding him, his rhythm was a bit off and the offense was flowing. It was pretty clear that the heat that the Heat were very motivated to win this game. 8 for 10 shooting to start the game. Kuzma, you know, Kuzma became the the latest RHK random Heat killer. You know, in the previous game it was Maya by Elitsa. And in the first game, it was in the, sec- the second game, I would say, was Eric Pascal. And the first game was, let's say, Amir Coffey. Because Marcus Morris is not that role. Not, I don't think he fits that random Heat killer type this might be this might be the best start we've had to a game all season long offensively and defensively Miami led the heat the Lakers 36 to 23 after the first excellent performance on both ends of the floor you the only issue was that Kyle Kuzma was getting a lot of buckets they were getting switches on and he was switching onto Kendrick or other smaller players and Kuzma's a pretty big guy and strong so he played pretty well on offense in that quarter. In the second quarter, Vince Gabe Vincent came in. And man, it's tough to see him shoot a basketball. The man cannot buy a buck and he cannot buy a three for about a month now. His shooting keeps deep dipping. I really hope he turns the corner because we're 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 gonna the heat will be better for it. And I really I really hope that, you know, he can keep he can keep a consistent rotation throughout his career because if he you know, he came into he came from the G League, advertised as a shooter, but he cannot. He's not shooting it very well this season. Whenever LeBron was not getting guarded by Bam, he scored, and the Laker offense started to flow. Whenever Bam sat down, and or whenever LeBron got the switch that he wanted, and Kyle Kuzma, you know, random he killed again. But the Heat entered the half, close to half, with a 59 to 52 lead. Actually, here's an interesting stat. The Heat got outscored in every quarter except for the first one. So the fact that they held on to win the game was massive. And you know, neither team broke the 100 point mark, but the Lakers, uh, I was on the hashtag Laker pod the other week. And you should get, you guys should definitely check it out. And you know, they mentioned that the Laker offense has struggled a lot whenever, when AD went down and now without Dennis Schroeder, without their secondary playmaker behind LeBron. They were really struggling on offense, and it showed. The Heat, the Heat, for some reason, they started to show two defenders against LeBron whenever he was on a pick, on a whenever everybody anybody set a pick, and LeBron was dicing them. He's the who is one of the greatest playmakers who have ever lived. You don't you don't show two. Nikias Duncan mentioned it, mentioned it on Twitter. You don't show two against LeBron because it's death. He'll kill you. He'll find. He'll find the open player. He's too smart. He's too he's too good of a passer to find him. And you can't do that. You have to trust Bam. Bam was doing a really good job on him. 
and they were looking for switches and whenever Ben was on him and they were actually doing a pretty good job of not giving him the switch in some occasions. Here was something something interesting. The Heat did not play their patented zone defense in this game, or at least I didn't notice it. But Jeff, Jeff and Gandhi noticed it too, that the the zone defense was was not there. Strauss got his... Max Truce has had his first action in the game. This was a terrible game for Max Truce. The third quarter, there were a lot of offensive fouls by both teams. And it was really weird. The Heat had four offensive fouls in that quarter, which, you know, contributed to, to the turnover total. And Miami went back up by 10 of one point to the to Lakers' inability to score. But they, the Lakers started making threes. They attempted a lot of threes. You know, the quarter ended 81-77 to 77 in favor of Miami. Now the fourth quarter, that was a really fun quarter, but also a really stressful quarter to watch as a Heat fan. I wrote that the late the, the Miami Heat were actively trying to give me a heart attack. You know, that's not good for my for my health <laughs> and for the health of Heat fans everywhere. But I'm pretty sure that that you know we're all happy with the with the result, but the way that the game ended, oh boy, that was really something. Ball movement from Miami led to a wide open Kendrick Nunn 3 to open the quarter. Duncan, actually Duncan was not, he made his first three-pointer in the fourth quarter and he was not, he did not shoot it, shoot it that well in the game. Max Struess was off that night. He was really off. He could, there were times where he only grazed the rim or he hit the front of the rim. And it was really, really bad to, really bad to see. But, you know, he's had a couple of, he's had a couple of good games. So, you know. Every player has a has a bad player once in a while. Has a bad game once in a while. Bam had a huge block on LeBron in the fourth quarter, and it was you know a bit of a tank of his own med- of LeBron's own medicine because it was off the backboard and he was coming behind him. Bam found found Gord Duncan with a beautiful cut by him, and there was a wild ending. Though so the that ending, you know, I guess the Heat did a pre- since they turned it over since Iggy turned it over. They did a pretty good job of doubling LeBron and making him pass it up, which ended up with Caruso, with Caruso shooting the ball to try an attempt to tie the game. And it was a really, I guess, all things considered, it was a pretty good, good strategy. You know, would have been better if we hadn't turned the ball over, but, but you know, we won. That's what matters. Heat went ninety six to ninety four. Both teams did not shoot well from the field. 42% from for the field for Miami, but LA shot worse, 39% from the field. 8 for 28 from 3 for Miami, but the Lakers the Lakers made 5 more threes, but they attempted 45 three-pointers. So, you know, both teams shot under under 30% from the from the three-point arc. Miami actually out-rebounded the Lakers 49 to 43. That was something that I did not expect. The Lakers are one of the best rebounding teams in the in the NBA, and the Heat are the worst rebounding team in the NBA. 14 turnovers for both teams. Now let's award our Heat Player of the Week, Jimmy Butler. You know, it was a pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty hard to choose between Jimmy and Bam, but I had to give it to Jimmy. I think this is the third straight week week I've given it to Jimmy because you know he he averaged a triple a triple double throughout the throughout the week. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 9.7 assists per game. So this just ran it out. He had a 20-10-10 week. Really good. Now, let's look at the week ahead. 
We got the Thunder on Monday, Raptors on Wednesday, that's back home, Jazz on Friday, and the Hawks on Sunday. I really could see us going 3-1, and one, but I'm going to say we're going to go 2-2. Two and two. Now, we really need an above 500 week because the season is starting is, you know, we're, we're about to get to the All-Star break and, and you know, we need the we need to ramp it up. You need to stop saying, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there and we actually need to start to get there. I expect the move to be, to be made by then. Let's see what Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg come up with. Let's check out the Heat's rankings for this week. 25th in offensive rating, we went up by one spot. 10th in defensive rating, we went down by one spot. 30th in turnovers per game, still last. 15th in turnover, three points per, per game. 30th in offensive rebounds per game, and 28th in rebounds per game. So, good job, team. No longer the worst rebounding team in the NBA. That's one of the things that I like this week. Rebounding, you know, at least we don't let the other team out rebound us that, that much. But the, the shooting has to be better. So anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture. Just subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. You can also find us on Dash Radio via the Nothing But Net station every Wednesday at 3 a.m. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.